and welcome back to my podcast. This is Lynette, and you are listening to me on Anchor and whatever else. (laughs) So, today's podcast is going to be about superstitions. Now, I have, I was born a natural, just straight out the womb, no-nonsense type of girl. I don't believe in the things that go bump in the night. I don't believe in the boogeyman. I've never been afraid of too much things. I just, I don't have it in me. And I just, I'm a 100% skeptic. You have to show me in order for me to believe it. Now, I'm also a Christian too. So, it's kind of like a, you know, comical thing right there, right? You can't really be a Christian if you have to see things, right? Well, not necessarily. I've experienced things. And so, that makes me a believer, more of a believer than I already am. Because um, when you experience something, you don't necessarily have to see what you experience. Just like love. You can't see love, but you can feel it. You know, you can experience it. So... It's the same thing for me when it comes to the supernatural, which some would argue the supernatural comes from the spiritual realm as well. So, um, when it comes to the supernatural, I have to experience it in order for me to believe it. If I see it, I still might not necessarily 100% believe it so but if I experience it and I see it for myself it's completely different (laughs) and that's what I'm talking about today so I do have disassociative identity disorder it has been ruled and agreed upon I meet the criteria everything is completely 100 on that There's no going back from it. I accept it. What I don't accept is having Christians, other Christians, other than myself, of course, tell me that I am possessed or I am of Satan (laughs) because I experience things that they don't. Sounds typical, right? Well, mind you, I am still a Christian. It's weird, but I am. So, I talked to to, uh, one of the brothers at church one day. And I mentioned that um, there was someone I knew who were having premonitions, dreams that come true. And this brethren told me that that person that I was speaking of should study the Bible because there's no one 
in this world that is still able to see the future. Here's where I know that's a lie because I have seen it. My mother as well has seen it. There's countless other people who have experienced premonitions themselves. Now, I'm not talking about these fake televangelists and these fake YouTubers that post things and like, ooh, I can predict what's going to happen with the next election. Whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real stuff. So, my mom told me of a incident where she her very first time where she um saw her mother her mother dying her mother was in prison for a crime that she did not commit back in the early 60s my mother was born in the 50s early 50s and uh, when she, when her mother passed away, she was incarcerated wrongfully, wrongfully, and um, she died in prison. My mom was sleeping one night, and she had a dream that someone came to their door and informed her that her mother had passed away. The very next day, my mother gets a knock on the door. She goes to answer the door, and there's a lady, a relative of hers, telling her and her sisters that they, their mother passed away. Call it what you want, but that's proof enough for me, right? So... Uh, I, myself, never had that experience until this year. I was doing just fine. Everything was good. I went to bed on a Saturday, and I woke up in a panic. Saturday night at this time, I went, I went to sleep, and... In my dream, there was fog covering the ground, and it was creeping behind me, and I finally got away and went into this office room, in this office room, and I was in this building. It was like a warehouse type of building, but I could tell there was a funeral going on, and I couldn't tell who exactly it was because I never actually knew the lady. All I know is that she was close to my mother and my mother knew her as a sister. So, um, when I went into this room, I closed the door behind me and my mom was sitting in the room and I was you know, I was kind of freaking out, but I was at the same time, I was like trying to keep it calm because I don't want to upset my mother. And um, so my, I think my mother knew that and she was telling me to calm down, that it'll be okay, 
the smoke is gone. And my mother, she does that in real life. Like, I have no idea how she knows things, but she knows. <laughs> and um, so when I opened up the door in my dream, the smoke was gone. Just as she said. And I trusted her. So I opened up the door. And voila. The smoke was gone. So I walked down the hall. And into the... It's kind of like a... Um, common area. And um, when I went into that area. There was like a lot of people... With their heads down, dressed in black, dark colors, and um, they were mourning. I don't actually, I didn't actually know who they were mourning, but I saw some cousins in there, and so I knew it was someone um, related to me. It had to be an aunt of mine. Because there was, um, there was pictures, but I never really paid attention to the pictures. I just glanced over them. And, um, I walked in, and I hate funerals. So I wasn't comfortable <laughs> at all. I wasn't comfortable. I was, I was actually looking for an exit, and I couldn't find one. So... I, I'm walking towards one of my male cousins who was obviously having a very hard time. And um, he was crying. And I just hugged him. And um, I realized it was, it was the aunt of mine. So after I hugged him, I woke up. And when I woke up, it was Sunday. So I got dressed. I got ready for worship. And um, I went to pick up my mom. And when my mom got in the car, I felt obligated. I was happy. I have no idea why I was so excited to tell her. But I was. And I guess because I felt like she would understand. If anyone would understand, it would be her. She predicted her mother's death, and she predicted her sister's death as well. And so it was, I felt like if anyone should understand, it's her, right? Yeah. So I tell her, and she didn't take it the way that I thought she would have taken it. And I told her, I said, hey, Ma. I have something I need to tell you, but I don't want you to freak out. Please don't freak out. And she was like, okay, what? <laughs> and so I told her and I said, Ma, I had a dream. And your sister died. Your sister is dying. They're going to have a funeral for her soon like within a week but she is dying you're gonna get a phone call within 24 to 48 hours and your sister is dead and she was like 
well, I didn't have a dream, so I don't think that that's actually true. And I was like, well, it's true because I remember it. And all my dreams that I remember, they come true. And she was like, well, I didn't have a dream. And I was like, well, I just thought to tell you. You ain't got to be rude about it. Well, I ain't say that part. But, you know, I was thinking it. I was like, you ain't got to be rude about it. So, <laughs> I I kind of I felt, for, for a brief moment, I felt like she was mad at me. And then I was like, okay, well, put yourself in her shoes. It's her sister or someone she she considers a sister, you know? How would you take it, you know? And so once I thought about that, I felt bad. But, I mean, there's no way around it. How do you tell someone that, you know? I guess you don't. But then you keep it to yourself and then someone dies and you have to live with the fact that you didn't even warn them so that they can be emotionally, emotionally, you know, prepared. But um, just like my dream predicted, she did pass away and it was, it wasn't one of her um, sisters, per se, it was a sister-in-law, but she'd been her sister-in-law for so long, and they were so close that she considers her her sister. So, technically, it was accurate, <laughs> a little too accurate, the place where I was telling you that it seemed like a warehouse. Exactly the same place. It looked like a warehouse. And it's not a warehouse. It's a funeral home. <laughs> they have chairs lined up on the side. And you can actually see the inside uh, from the outside. Which is what I did. Well... Everyone was in the building, um, paying their respects and everything. Myself and the the children that were in the car, um, we stayed outside. I don't like funerals. I just, I can't do it. So, my mom went in, my brother, and a lot of our relatives and her relatives and things, they all went. And and while they were in, I went to the window and I wanted to to verify what I saw. And when I looked through the window, it was the same. So <laughs> that's when I realized that I was special. And when I realized that I was special, my mind did tricks. And um it was like, okay, well, why am, why me? Why my mother? And why come I have more experiences than she does? So, I googled 
and I asked around. There are some psychics and some mediums and things like that in Arkansas and around Arkansas and even online. I got multiple opinions and they all resort back to the seven child and Native American history and um, Hispanic history and even African history. So I took heed and I looked into the seven child and realized that the seven child has to be born of a seven child in order for that child to have special gifts. Special gifts include premonitions, seeing creatures from a different dimension that aren't supposed to be seen as they come through. I also am a I'm supposed to be able to see spirits, to be able to feel spirits, to be able to decipher from real from fake. Um, that, that includes personalities as well as people. I can see spirits in people, whether or not they're good or bad or horrible. I can see all of that. I'm able to control my dreams to an extent and all that good stuff. So, when I read that, it took my breath away. But then I realized, well, my mother has, you know, premonitions as well. And she sees things sometimes. And... So, I figured I needed to find out whether or not she was a seventh child as well. And I found out she is. I went on to Ancestry and I looked up her family tree and realized that my grandmother was also a seventh child. So, <laughs> it's very interesting when you realize that you are the seventh child of a seventh child and seven, 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 they're all good numbers. So I have yet to find out what 21 means, but I am dedicated and I will find that out. However, when it comes to things of this nature, I do tend to be careful because I don't practice magic. I don't have to study the, these things of the spiritual nature. I do read my Bible and I do take it literally. And um, a lot of the things that I have read in the Bible points to exactly what I experience. And I also realized that there are altars that can that can be gifted as well, which can further your experiences. And so, 
Maybe that's why I'm so weird. I have an altar that's weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm rambling. But I will be touching up on this subject as, again as well. I don't want this to be entirely too long because I am pretty tired. I, have, I haven't been sleeping well. So, I am very exhausted. But, um, I will be doing a, a number two, uh, or a part two, to this superstition, um, podcast. And I will be also, I'll also, I'm sorry, be uploading a blog post, um, part two as well. So, stay tuned for that. And if you have any questions or comments, you know how to reach me. I have mentioned it before. I will also leave my oil. You should be able to go onto Anchor and find my link, which will also give you access to me by email and in the comment section. And if you don't want me to publicly acknowledge your questions you can e- you can still put your email address in the um comic session or section and tell me not to publicize it and that way i'll know to email you directly so thank you for listening and i know it's it's probably been like forever And it seems so long and difficult. But I do want to thank you for listening. And I will be back with a part two. And it won't be nearly as long. And I might even have to do a part three. So (laughs) thank you for listening. And I will talk to you guys soon.